It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea. Find me on Twitter at NateWST. Tweet all of us at World Soccer Talk. Thanks for subscribing to us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And as always, a very special hello to our men and women overseas listening on the American Forces Network. The literary focus continues this week here on World Soccer Talk Radio. We've had some great authors, not only this week, but going back into the, the multiple months of this show. We've had some phenomenal writers, great authors on this show. And that trend continues today. But we welcome in Christopher Rowley, the author of a new book entitled The Shared Origins of Football, Rugby, and Soccer. We are breaking down some deep history of the game that we love and really examining the roots of the game of soccer and its connections to all different types of football from Aussie rules to what we know here in American gridiron football, connections to rugby, connections to old Gaelic games and how everything evolved into its different subset. Cannot wait to talk with Christopher Rowley about his new book entitled The Shared Origins of Football, Rugby and Soccer. Now, on yesterday's show, I mentioned how excited I was for what I'm going to be doing tonight, which is heading back up to San Jose to cover the San Jose Earthquakes Montreal Impact match. A nice Wednesday nighter at Avaya Stadium. And it was going to be my first time getting to see the legend, the Drogba legend, live and in the flesh. I woke up buzzing this morning, woke up at sunrise going, Didier is coming to San Jose. I'm going to get to see Drogba play for the first time in my life. And then I read some news, courtesy of Impact Montreal manager Morobiello, who says that Didier Drogba will not play tonight. And I said, oh, man, that's a shame. He's he's going to be resting. Well, at least I'll I'll get a picture of, of Didier or, or something of that sort. I'll still get to, to see Didier in the flesh. No, he's not even in America tonight. Biello taking a page out of the Greg Popovich NBA coach's manual and sending Drogba along with three other Montreal Impact players back to French Canada to rest up. Here is Montreal get into a four match in 10-day stretch. Cannot wait to see the looks on people's faces showing up in their Chelsea Drogba jerseys tonight who don't follow the MLS news showing up. And when they find out that Drogba is not only not in the stadium, but not even in America. That 
is going to be a sad sight. Christopher Rowley is with us on the other side of this break. World Soccer Talk Radio. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Football season starts Sunday, and you could kick things off by winning $2 million at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. Just pick your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. You've never experienced football like this. It may only be week one, but it already feels like the playoffs at DraftKings.com. And every broken tackle or spectacular catch could take you closer to a $2 million payday. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code Bonsanto to play for free for a shot at part of $10 million in Sunday's Millionaire Maker event. Enter Bonsanto for free entry now only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Things change as you get older. Glasses get thicker, sunscreen gets stronger, hair grows where it shouldn't. The same is true for your car. Some changes you can see, some you can't. So Valvoline created Max Life, our best defense against the hidden signs of aging for cars that are just getting started at 75,000 miles. We introduced motor oil in 1866, and we've been reinventing it ever since. Valvoline, 140 years under the hood. Visit AutoZone now and buy five quarts of Max Life and an oil filter starting at $23.99. See store for restrictions and details. Welcome back to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea, and it is a pleasure to welcome to the show Mr. Christopher Rowley, the author of a new book entitled The Shared Origins of Football, Rugby, and Soccer. Christopher, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here. So, uh, again, welcome welcome to the program, and please tell us a little bit about the, the title of this book, The Shared Origins of Football, Rugby, and Soccer. Well, that came about as after a long struggle to come up with something that was neat and memorable. Uh, so we fell back to, well, at least describes what the book's about. It, was, it wasn't easy. 
Well, I mean, what what, what we want to get into here with, with you on the show is kind of a little bit of of analytical look back into this thing and when the splits began. That's one of the most interesting aspects of this book is how all of these all of these games have these origins that are truly shared. They come from the same roots. And I want to kind of figure out from from your research and from your production of this of this new book when the splits really began and and later in the show hopefully we'll we'll wind up at at modern day soccer here in uh in 2015 but but where to start as far as the the splits of all these games well okay um the the Ur game the original uh, the original kind of game from which they all come evolved around 1300 uh there were there are earlier games and there are fossil games that that led to that 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 we can still see played in various places that that are clear forerunners of it. That game lasted a long time. I call that game old country football. And we'll come back and maybe we can describe it a little bit later. The splits occurred in the 1840s, 50s, 60s. Um, and then American football basically broke away from rugby uh, beginning in the 1880s with Walter Camp, who was um, a player at Yale and then became uh, the, their inspirational long-time coach and, uh, you know, kind of founding father of American football. So this, the splits basically occurred kind of that middle Victorian period. Now, there was a, uh, the, the games in, uh, in the town of Derby, actually, in England. I remember studying these uh, years ago oh. that connect with, uh, with country football. Well, the, well, actually, the game in Derby, the old Derby game, was a town ball game. So it wasn't played with a kickable ball. It was played with a big, heavy ball that was designed to survive. It was very thick leather surrounding a bunch of peas and sawdust, stuffed with that. Heavy, big ball. And the derby game was famous and conferred its uh, ferocity to, you know, uh, what, what can we say? When Liverpool play Everton or Man City play Manchester United, you know, there's a lot of fizz on it. You know, and in the old days, the skinheads would meet each other. <laughs> And so on and so on. And, uh, you know, and the Derby game was absolutely famous for being the most violent and terrifying. It brought thousands of people out of the streets of the little industrial city of Derby, and they battled for hours and hours with each other over a ball and moving that ball about two miles in one direction or the other. Uh, quite something. And that game was finally suppressed by dragoons, that's heavy cavalry, armed with sabers, in 1847-48. That's, I believe, two years running, they brought the dragoons out to chase people off the streets. Now, Christopher, you, you, you segue into something that I really wanted to talk about with you here, and that is the the outlawing of, of various types of, of football, and especially, actually, what ended up evolving years later into modern-day soccer. And, and there were various governments, whether it was uh, in, in Great Britain or, or even in parts of Europe, that, that outlawed all manner of, of football, no matter what uh, uh, faction it was, that there was just downright outlawing of football because these were the games of, of savages. Uh, talk about that a little bit in, in, in your research and those times, what's known as kind of the, the dark ages in, in football history, whether it's rugby, football of any kind, or, or soccer, when 
there was none because it was outlawed by these these governments. Well, the governments, they, they never actually got around to outlawing the modern codes. Once it became rugby and soccer and then American football, Canadian football, so on, it was never, they were never under threat. But the previous stuff, the, 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 the wild, feral, you know, games, um, when they were played in towns and cities, they were uncontrollable. They brought out thousands of people and uh, led to uh, amazing amounts of violence. Um, and that was what was frightening to the upper classes. It was frightening to the governments. Uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, invade against it. Various Scottish kings invade against it. French bishops, French kings. Uh, it went on and on. I don't think any popes ever, ever, ever got worried about it, but I do not... <laughs> I do know that, that in, in what I, area I call the cradle of football, which is basically England, Scotland, and northern France and parts of Wales, um, it was invaded against a lot. And it's a historical curiosity that this kind of game only really existed there. It's a funny thing. Um, it didn't evolve anywhere else. Uh, well, Christopher, when you talk about the cradle of football, how yeah. how did it spread? Let's kind of jump off of that because many people there's varying historical accounts of how it spread and became the world's game. Many people look at at uh, at, at you know <laughs> sailors traveling the world and and taking the game with them. Various other uh, uh, you know movements of of societies around the world and that's how the game spread in your research how did you pick up on, on the cradle of the game nurturing the rest of the world and helping to spread football to the rest of the globe well what, what happened was you had a wild feral game that was country football we should describe that in a moment country football which existed in in uh, england primarily for, <clears throat> for hundreds of years and then when uh, the English Industrial Revolution, Agricultural Revolution combination, sort of a, a special moment in history, kicked off. Um, so a certain section of English society got very prosperous, and they began to go to schools that they called public schools. Um, and they're still called public schools. This is Eton, Harrow, Winchester, Marlborough, so on and so forth. Those schools uh, rose out of parochial institutions. They were usually religious institutions or local institutions, and they became public because they became open to anybody who could pay the fees. So then the boys of the upper classes, merchant classes, arrived at these schools, and they brought with them from all over the country their local traditions of football, which existed everywhere in England and also in northern France to some extent. And so when they did, they began the process that ended up with rugby at rugby school, ended up with the Eton field game, which evolved out of the wall game at Eton, and Harrow football, which is of real importance to soccer players, um, that evolved at Harrow school from the Harrow game uh, into the Harrow game. And these were all variants on football. And they, the funny thing is, in some of the games, you just kick the ball. In some of the games, you, one, of, one of the games, particularly rugby, you could pick it up and carry it. Um, and that only began in the, um, I don't know, probably the 1830s and 40s, although William Webb Ellis is famously credited with picking up the ball and running with it to start off the whole rugby revolution. It's unlikely that he did, but <laughs> his name is the one on the Rugby World Cup, so there you go. Um, 
but they, so these schools basically did that. And then from those schools came boys who went to Oxford and Cambridge, the premier universities in England, and they couldn't play each other. You know, uh, the rugby boys could not play a game with the boys from Eton. So there began this process that took about 15 to 25 years of gradually boiling it all down into one or another code of football. And one code became rugby, and from rugby came uh, rugby league, and then there also came uh, American football and Canadian football. And another code came up with association football, which is the root of soccer. Um, and then a wild variant far away in, in the Antipodes in Australia uh, was Australian rules, which began as Melbourne rules um, football, which is a, a different game, uh, but it comes from the same root. So you have this root, which I call country football, that evolved around 1300, back in the days of yore, um, and it lasted for about 500 years or more, it, pretty much unchanged. And then the boys, well-off boys who went to public schools began to evolve, well, they evolved their own variants on it. And from those variants, there then came a recombinating process at universities and after university that led to the development of rugby and association football. And that really is what got it going. And then once that had happened, you had British Empire, which was a you know, worldwide concern in the late 19th century. And that meant that engineers and administrators and military guys were taking those games everywhere. So, for instance, 1884, crucial moment for American football, a game between McGill um, and, and Harvard. Uh, that was a crucial point. So things like that, those, those, are, those are these moments where, 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 the, where the, uh, the Harvard boys discovered rugby and began to drop their own game. Well, we're going to take a trip in the next segment back to, we'll we'll try to go all the way back to the 1300s, because what I want to do is paint the picture of what a original country football match was like and really delve deep into that, the true roots of all of the games that Christopher is talking about right here on World Soccer Talk Radio, the shared origins of football, rugby, and soccer. More with the author of that book, Christopher Rowley, right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at soccerondish.com. Football season starts Sunday, and you could kick things off by winning $2 million at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. Just pick your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. You've never experienced football like this. It may only be week one, but it already feels like the playoffs at DraftKings.com. And every broken tackle or spectacular catch 
could take you closer to a $2 million payday. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code Bonsanto to play for free for a shot at part of $10 million in Sunday's Millionaire Maker event. Enter Bonsanto for free entry now only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Things change as you get older. Glasses get thicker, sunscreen gets stronger, hair grows where it shouldn't. The same is true for your car. Some changes you can see, some you can't. So Valvoline created MaxLife, our best defense against the hidden signs of aging for cars that are just getting started at 75,000 miles. We introduced motor oil in 1866, and we've been reinventing it ever since. Valvoline, 140 years under the hood. Visit AutoZone now and buy five quarts of MaxLife in an oil filter starting at $23.99. See store for restrictions and details. World Soccer Talk Radio, back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea, joined by the author of The Shared Origins of Football, Rugby, and Soccer, Mr. Christopher Rowley. Christopher, it's time now to take a trip way back to the roots of, of country football, what you talked about in the last segment. Really delve a, a little bit deeper into this thing. Let's go as far back as we can. You talk about the, the 1300s really as some of the, the most documented roots of, of all these games. Can you paint a picture of what a, a country football match was like in the 1300s? Yeah, and it would have been pretty much the same in 1800 too. Um, <laughs> a cleared field that's with just stubble left in the field. Um, and remember, this would be a rare thing in 1300 because you still have the three field systems. So this would have been called a close, which would mean it was enclosed land. So we put into this field up to 40 players a side, because it could be quite a big field, and a ball which is round. It's made of leather encasing a pig's bladder, which is blown up and tied off. So it's got bounce. It's like a crude version of a modern soccer ball. And we know that this technology had arrived by then because the game had changed from country camp to kicking camp, which basically meant a kind of a battle. Camp meant kind of a, a war in the, in the field. Um, and now it was a kicking game. So that differentiates it strongly from the previous thing, which was a game stuffed with peas and sawdust, which was carried and not kicked. Now, there's all sorts of things to go into about the technology. We'll go, we won't go there right now. But to, to this game now, we have very few rules, but we have one rule or two rules that have hung on and stay with us right into our modern codes. Um, the first of these is calling a mark. 
So the ball is flying around. It's thrown in to start the game, and then it's mostly kicked, but sometimes caught. If it's caught on the full, that is without touching the ground, without bouncing, uh, you can call a mark, which they still do in Australian rules football, and with the fair catch rule, they still do in American football. You cannot be tackled at that point. No one can come up and level you. You can then make a mark with your heel in the ground. You can put the ball down on the ground and kick it from there, or you can take a run-up with the ball in your hands and punt it from that point. And it's funny that that is the rule that has lasted through centuries and centuries and is still seen on our TV screens. <laughs> That's the absolutely... Of, it's, yeah, inc it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, it really is. It's the weirdest little survivor. The rest of it is pretty much free form. There are two goals. They're not very large. They'll be just narrow gates, about three feet wide. The game is for one goal. It can be scored at any time, and it's just getting the ball somehow through that gate. It can be kicked, thrown, carried, punched, whatever. Um, and to stop that happening, you can do almost anything. I mean, there is very, very little to protect the ball carrier or dribbler or whatever, right? There's hacking, there's kicking, there's tripping. Um, however, we do see references now and then when we do get windows into this in 1660 and 1800 that say that punching and hair pulling, biting and things like that are frowned on. Uh, but, you know, it's a violent, wild free-for-all out there with this ball skipping about, bouncing furiously, being dribbled, no passing, no real heading of the ball, no, no, probably not that much in the way of uh, skillful uh, ball handling, but maybe some, um, and, you know, uh, a lot of really rough play. And this was absolutely wonderful stuff and incredibly popular uh, for hundreds of years, and played very widely across uh, the eastern Midlands, the southern part of England, and uh, even over into the western part and in, in down into the southwest. And that's the route. That is the country football. Um, we know that Oliver Cromwell probably played it. Uh, we know that a number of other historical figures probably played it. Um, and, uh, you know, that whole period, it hardly changes. Well, I love it that uh, Luis Suarez uh, to this day has carried on the uh, biting aspect <laughs> of, uh, of country football. Good on you, El Pistolero. Way to be in touch uh, with the, the roots and the history of the game that you love so much. Now, one thing that I have to ask here, and a lot of people I'm sure are curious about this because as I've studied the, the roots of, of country football, and going, going way back here, we're not talking maybe the 1800s, we're talking more towards the 1300s here, but the losing team being executed, being something that was commonality in many of these matchups. Is that something that's been blown out of proportion in terms of, of maybe, you know, uh, hyperbole history looking at this thing? Or, or yeah. was that relatively commonplace? Were there, you know, beheadings of, of the losing teams after these games? No. <laughs> no, that, 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 is, that actually occurred... And ceremonial matches in uh, a game played amongst the Aztec and Maya, a different game called uh, Uyama or um, uh, Pisht, which uh, is a different, a different thing. It played with a big rubber ball. I, I go into this in the first chapter of the book because I wanted to explain, you know, the world of uh, uh, the world games. There, there was this game. There was also a game in China called Koshu or Chushu, 
which the Chinese played for thousands of years and then just abandoned for some reason in the Ming Dynasty. The big ball game in Central America uh, with the rubber ball, this, this, this ball would be like a, weigh about nine pounds. It's about ten inches across. Uh, it could only be touched with the, your, your ass or your hips. In the, in the biggest and most important uh, variant on the game, there was another kind where you could actually touch it with your forearm as well. Uh, you certainly couldn't kick it, so it's not football. Um, and, uh, you know, in the Mayan thing, everybody dressed up like giant birds. You know, they have these fantastic costumes as they jump around the ball court. And they have these stone ball courts with stone walls and slopes on all sides so that the ball chromes off the players onto the onto the walls, goes up in the air, comes back down, picking up speed at this point, chromes off another wall, and you just deflect it. And you're trying to deflect it down to the end to hit these marker stones, and then in a later era to actually try and knock it up to a stone hoop that's planted on the side wall. Now, in this, in this tradition, certain games are played with defeated uh, uh, captives from another tribe, another city, another country, another state, and it was already decided that they would be executed, but they would lose, and it was sort of ceremonial, and after losing, they would be executed. And the captain's head, his skull, would be cleaned, and in some cases, as a special honor, would become the core, the centerpiece of another big ball. Now, Christopher, the, the, again, we, we talk about this quite a bit, and I'm sure you've, you've come across this issue that there's so many different varying accounts uh, uh, sometimes when it comes to, to the history of these games. And, and within country football, many of the things that you talked about, there's also been people who've brought up uh, uh, connections to various Viking tribes uh, coming, coming down from, from Nordic lands and becoming involved in this. And, and I go back to what we talked about a few minutes ago in terms of the game spreading from the the cradle of football in in the UK and and northern France what you touched on there and spreading to the world was it was it something that that happened at any time and or something that you picked up in your research where other folks be it the Vikings the Romans whoever it may be coming into the cradle of football and taking the game maybe by force or by discovering it by being coming into these areas and by the way we've got about 90 seconds before we got to head to break here Okay, well, very quickly, the Romans are crucial to the whole story. Uh, the Romans bring uh, their own variant on the Greek tradition to the cradle of football. They played a game called Arpastum. The, Rome, uh, the Greeks called it Harpaston. Uh, and this was a, a kind of a play with a ball that just fit the hand, about the size of a softball. Uh, and it fit the hand. And uh, the Roman other name for this game for the Romans was Pulverundum, because was, that was what it was. You got pulverized into the dust playing this game. Uh, Julius Caesar was a player, or the Emperor Augustus, previously Octavian, was a player. And that game has a crucial role to play, I believe, in the development of the later games uh, and the traditions that developed and eventually, with new technology, became uh, kicking camp or country football. Well, we'll talk about what we know as soccer today on the other side of this break right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. An incredibly interesting conversation about the shared origins of football, rugby, and soccer with author Christopher Rowley right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. It's the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. You're enjoying your your Champions League football today. You're enjoying all of your soccer from around the world. You got to know where this stuff came from. Stay with us right here. World Soccer Talk Radio back after this. 
The 2015 Cupera features plush leather seating that will feel to your hemorrhoids like sitting on lava-hot knitting needles. Not if you step up to relief with the power of two from Preparation H. First, use Preparation H medicated wipes to soothe as they clean. Then, Preparation H maximum strength cream to relieve pain and burning. Now, sink into that rich upholstery. Mmm, luxurious. Preparation H. Don't stand for hemorrhoids. Use as directed. And try specially formulated medicated wipes for women. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-414-1051. That's 1-800-414-1051. 1-800-414-1051. Call now. Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the sports talk host that can talk about all sports. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball. But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury from my football playing days. And anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert Hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800-428-1570. Agents are standing by 24-7, so go ahead and call now, 800-428-1570. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help, and your insurance may offer coverage. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven, gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. Back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. As all of you Manchester United fans know, a star was born at Old Trafford this past weekend when Anthony Martial, the world's most expensive teenager, scored a beautiful debut goal that had many pundits already comparing him to the legend that is Thierry Henry. It was a very Henry-like goal. I, I will I will give the teenager that, the way he cut in from the left and destroyed Martin Skirtle. Finished with the inside of the right foot. You know the rest. Well, anyway, United are third in the table right now. Yeah, they lost in the Champions League, but we'll, 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 we'll leave that out for now. The Red Devils do have an opportunity to narrow the gap at the top of the Premier League table this Sunday as they travel to the South Coast to take on Southampton. And I would like you to check out the Rabble cast this Sunday. 
as the uh, blokes from the full-time Devils, the most popular United channel on YouTube, will be calling the Southampton-Manchester United match live for your listening pleasure on Rabble.tv. With Rabble, the concept simple. All you got to do, tune into the TV broadcast, press the mute button, head over to Rabble.tv to listen to them sharing their analysis. And you can listen to the broadcast on your desktop, iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. Plus, you can join in by posting your questions or observations in the comment section. Or why don't you create your own broadcast? Call one of your team's games. It's easy. It's free. It's rabble. Cut your teeth as a young broadcaster. Whatever game, whatever team, whatever league you want to call, do it up on Rabble. And join the full-time Devils on Rabble this Sunday from 1045 a.m. Eastern Time. Rabble.tv, where it's your team and your call. My name is Nate Abarea. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio. We are joined in this edition of the program by the author, of the shared origins of football, rugby, and soccer, Mr. Christopher Rowley. Now, Christopher, we, we've gone so deep. We've gone all the way back to the 1300s in, in uh-huh. this conversation. And, and I, think we, I think it's time to kind of transition back in to the modern day. And there's a term known, it's one that we repeat quite a bit on the show, soccer. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about where that term comes from. Would you care oh. to elaborate on that and, and maybe educate a few folks in terms of the roots of the terminology soccer and why the word was even invented in the first place? Sure. Okay. Um, it comes from association. This is just the middle syllable of association, S-O-C. Um, what happened is, uh, you know, you had two, first of all, the code of rugby football was codified under the name of rugby school. Uh, that became rugby. There we go. Uh, other schools gathered together, the Harrows, the Eatons, all the rest of them, representatives of those schools, those traditions, and they came up with association football, which was a different variant, uh, did not allow for carrying the ball with the hands. So in the 1880s, basically, you have quite a few clubs, quite a lot of matches being played every weekend on parks and uh, Heaths around London, Manchester, and so on. And the newspapers would basically divide the page in half and put football rug on one side and football assock on the other side. And then list all the matches in, on, the, on one side and then the other with the results. Now, you know, colleges are always full of smarty guys, smarty pants, you know, it's where they go, right? And they always have the little cute languages of their own. And so what happens in that period is they start to refer to rugby as rugger, and they refer to the association game as soccer. Now, everybody, I, I, I shouldn't say everybody, there's a lot of people that look at soccer just with this blatant false logic that soccer is this American term, that it's, it, it's, it's not, it's anything but. It came from, from Britain to differentiate between the games. Now, this transitions into what I want to talk to you about next, and that is that in the modern day, there's really only two major countries that use the term soccer routinely whenever they're describing what the rest of the world calls football. And those two countries are the USA and Australia. And I'm sure it's connected to the fact that both of those countries have their own very unique brands of football, American gridiron football and, of course, Aussie rules football in, in the land down under. Now, why didn't those games, uh, be it in, in Australia or more focusing on, on America, why didn't the, the creators of, of American football look for, for their own unique game rather than just calling it football and, and thus confusing the entire world for the next 150 years? <laughs> 
Well, you know, it's a fairly confused, uh, uh, you know, the origin of American football. In Australian rules has a very clear, clean, uh, easy to understand history. It, it begins as its own game right away, and it's played on large fields. And we, so we, we won't go there because it's 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 its own world. But American football has a kind of confused you know, beginnings, because Americans began to play football. And when we say Americans, we're talking about just an elite group of athletically-minded boys, young men at colleges like uh, Princeton, Rutgers, Yale, Harvard. It's just a tiny group. I mean, in, in, in 1870, I don't think there could be more than maybe 4,000 people you know, on both sides of the Atlantic combined. Who, who play and know anything about football as a thing. And so the original games are played with the evolving rules, the new rules that are coming out for either rugby or the association game. And because, remember, this is a time of experimentation, sometimes they mix them up. And sometimes they bring in little bits of stuff from their own little traditions because American colleges like Dartmouth, uh, Harvard, uh, Yale had all experimented with wild, feral, Derby-style games of their own. Uh, I think at Dartmouth they called it the usual game of football, uh, <laughs> and it was moderately violent. The game at Harvard was called um, uh, Football Fightum or Bloody Monday, and it involved the uh, freshmen being beaten up by... <laughs> well, that, well, that game clearly still carries on to this day, so... <laughs> Yeah, but less important, though, for the, for the rest of the world of football. But uh, yeah, <laughs> since Harvard isn't the dominant position that it used to have. But <laughs> the thing there is that the, so the American game grew out of a variety of traditions, and then basically they all switched to rugby. And then when Walter Camp decided he hated the scrum in rugby, uh, he found it was just too chaotic. He did not like the, the chaos involved in, in a scrum. And he pulled the scrum apart, and he started to put people on the line instead. And he thought that maybe if every play began with a lined-out thing like that, that there would be room for more sophisticated concepts. And in, in the end, it's true. It has evolved that way. But it took about uh, four, 30 to 40 years for that dream to actually come up with a game that was... Uh, uh, you know, more interesting perhaps in some ways than rugby. And rugby, has, at least rugby um, union, the 15-a-side game, has retained the scrum. They have never given up the scrum, and the scrum is still a crucial part of the game. It's, it's, it's one of those interesting things, and, and Walter Camp is one of those people, sort of like Napoleon Bonaparte and Julius Caesar, whatever, right, who uh, changed history. Now, Christopher, the, the timing of this book is really interesting how it relates to something going on right now in the National Football League and actually right here uh, in, in the Bay Area in Northern California with the San Francisco 49ers and a man by the name of Jared Hain, uh, yeah, who is yeah. a, a, former, a former Australian rugby player who, who basically, and, and you don't see stuff like this in the modern, modern National Football League. I mean, he was essentially a walk-on at the professional level and came and said, I'm going to try this crazy thing and I'm going to become a American football player. I'm going to transition from being an Australian rugby league player, and I'm going to go to America, and I'm going to make it as an NFL footballer. Not only has he made the team, he had an exceptional debut in the uh, 49ers Monday night football win. 
Have you seen other cases like this in whether it was in your historical research or even just things uh, around the world over the last few years of guys actually, whether it's a, a soccer player becoming a, an Aussie rules football player? Uh, I mean, anything like that of guys actually making it in multiple games, which many of these games share the same roots? Not really, no. The games are too different, and the body types required are too different. Jared, as you, you saw him, right, he's a, he's a big bloke, but, I mean, you know, he's he's about the size of a running back, and that's what he, he, he could be. And he, remember, he's not coming out of rugby union. He's coming right. out of rugby league, which is the 13-a-side game, uh, which is very popular in Australia, and Australia dominates rugby league along with New Zealand. Uh, and those are generally bigger blokes. And oh, and that leads to one of my favorite uh, trivia questions, which we'll just leave out there for see who I, who can come up with this. What is the name of the United States National Rugby League team? Anyway, uh, Jared, right? Of course, he has the nightmare start. He gets his first. <laughs> he gets giving you the ball, and he drops it immediately, right? Uh, but uh, you know, yeah, he, he's got a lot of pace. He's very strong. And he's used to being, uh, you know, um, his position in in, uh, in, in uh, rugby league team has usually been, you know, a ball carrier uh, running up from the depths of the of the position, uh, looking for holes and looking for openings. So he could he could evolve into a, a re- pretty reasonable running back, but we'll have to see if he's quick enough. Because you know, American football has become extremely fast. Uh, I've watched this myself in over 30 years. Uh, you know, the evolution of the, the speed has just picked up every decade. It's gotten faster. Christopher, so, can, I, can I answer the trivia question? Sure. The Tomahawks. Yes, right? you got it right. There you go. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, look, I didn't look it up, I swear. All right, well, that's brilliant. You, if, I, <laughs> if, if I ever run into you, I'll buy you a pint. Absolutely, I, I will hold you. I will. I will hold you to that. Now, in the uh, three minutes that we got left here with you, Christopher, I want to kind of take a step back and look at your your work as an author here, with a little bit of a, a broader view. You're a, a, a science fiction novelist, and you have a, a great history of of producing these these science fiction books. Yep. I, I can't help but sit here and just imagine a combination book of of a, a science fiction country football book i mean w- would you ever think of of combining these these areas of literary passion you know i don't know that they combine too well i mean i've read any number of, of, of attempts to think up futuristic ball games remember rollerball you know we've probably all seen that movie on late night tv uh you know it the thing is, the, the modern codes of football, this is important, really, the modern codes of football have all been honed by decades, even cent- a century or more now, of play at high standard. I mean, you know, there aren't going to be many walk-ons, at, you know, in Man City, Man United. You know, everybody there is exceptionally professional. There's no one playing for the 49ers except Jared, who didn't come up through the U.S. system and played football at high school, college, and the rest of it. You know, these games are all really, really tight. There's very little sort of gap or space there. Inventing something completely new... Oh, well, if it involves dragons or uh, Quidditch balls or something, well, maybe, you know. I mean, if we can fly around on broomsticks or dragons, then that would make something different, you know. But I, 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 I'm not sure. Now, in zero gravity, if, if, if you're off, off planet, 
uh, you're up there where there's very little gravity, then it might be a completely different kind of thing. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it could evolve into, and I doubt that it could be a Maybe it could be a soccer-type game, um, but it could also be a, a ball-carrying game. And the, what would you call it? Ricochet or something. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining the – I mean, after watching what Christian Benteke did uh, at Old Trafford on Saturday against Man United with that incredible bicycle kick, I'm just imagining, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm imagining the bicycle kick potential uh, with, with soccer at zero gravity. Christopher Rowley, uh, in, in the minute that we got left here with you, could you just share kind of what your favorite aspect was of, of producing this book, The Shared Origins of Football, Rugby, and Soccer? Well, quickly, I went out to buy this book in something like 1998. I was, I was just, you know, I've always been interested in football. My, my, my upbringing was, was strange. I was on both sides of the Atlantic, and I knew different kinds of football by the age of 12. Uh, and I went out to buy it, and I couldn't find it. And it was like, what? Why not? And then I discovered no one had done it. And so I started to research and research, and I kept on doing it and worked on it. So the big thing for me is to actually put this out there so that all those arguments are starting bars where people don't know and they haven't heard and they blah, 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 and they're misinformed often, they can be answered because at the bar, in the back there somewhere, there should be a copy of this book, and the barkeeper go, oh, God, another of those arguments. Just shut up. Here. <laughs> Give it to them. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, the true authority when it comes to debunking myths and letting the truth be known about the shared origins of football, rugby, and soccer. Christopher Rowley, it has been a pleasure and a privilege having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime, mate, and uh, best of luck spreading the gospel and spreading the truth of the roots of these games, sir. Okay, well, I do hope I come back. Hey, anyway, but thanks very much. It was a lot of fun. And I'll take you, I'll take you up on that pint when I see you. Okay. Go go Tomahawks as we head to break right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Back to take the express train home on the other side. Stay tuned. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Do you know which investment has tripled in price since the debt crisis and risen an average 20% a year for 11 years? It's not stocks, not bonds. It's silver. And right now, we at Lear Capital believe silver is poised to hit new record highs. And we're making it easier to own than ever. For a limited time, new customers with $5,000 or more to invest in gold or silver can get up to 10 certified Morgan Silver Dollars absolutely free. That's right, up to 10 100-year-old Morgan Silver Dollars when you invest $5,000 or more. A $600 value free. 
This offer is available for IRA accounts as well. Call right now, 800-631-9229-800-631-9229-800-631-9229. Call Lear Capital now, 800-631-9229. Today, investors need to secure and protect their life savings. With government spending out of control, they continue to print money to cover the ever-increasing debt, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. American Bullion offers a hassle-free opportunity to transfer any portion of your existing IRA or previous 401k to a gold IRA for your protection. Take advantage of the lower gold prices today and enjoy the long-term security and hedge against inflation that gold and silver can provide in an IRA. Thousands of others have trusted American Bullion to transfer their IRAs into gold, and you can too. Call American Bullion today and discover the stability, protection, and peace of mind that a gold IRA can bring. Call American Bullion today at 800 576 1046 for a free consultation and receive their free IRA rollover guide, which offers the best information on gold IRAs. Keep your life savings safe and sound when you can. Call 800 576 1046. That's 800 576 1046 for your free gold IRA guide. World Soccer Soccer Radio, back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. As you know, it's been over 100 days since Barcelona lifted the Champions League trophy after defeating Juventus 3-1 in Berlin. And finally, this week, the sounds of the champions have definitely returned to fill our weekday afternoons and evenings with joy. Did you enjoy the Champions League or what this Tuesday and Wednesday, I know you uh, Manchester United and Manchester City fans thoroughly enjoyed the Champions League coming back. Now, if you're like me, you love putting your soccer expertise to good use by playing fantasy soccer. So what better way to enjoy the best players in the world than by playing one of the most unique fantasy soccer games out there? Euro Fantasy League with EuroFantasyLeague.com. You can select your fantasy team from six of the major European leagues, including the Prem, La Liga, Serie A, Ligue 1 the Dutch Eredivisie, and the Portuguese Primera Liga. So imagine picking a team that could feature Ronaldo, Aguero, Pogba, Zlatan, Rooney, and Messi. You're going to need some defenders. Come on. As well as other world-class footballers. But my God, the, the Ronaldo, Aguero, Pogba, Zlatan, Rooney, Messi attack. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to take anybody on with that one. You can play for free or enter the $1 or $10 games where you have a chance to win prizes ranging from 500 up to five grand. Typical fantasy games or draft formats. This is your opportunity to show your expertise off of European soccer. Play against other fans from around the world. Set up your free fantasy soccer game today at EuroFantasyLeague.com. EuroFantasyLeague.com. For the gaffer, Chris Harris. For the producer, Dom Jimenez. For our fantastic guest, Christopher Rowley. My name is Nate Abarea. I thought I was off to see Didier Drogba, but I'm just going to see the earthquakes take on the impact. Talk to you tomorrow. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.